Welcome to Stuff You Missed in History Class, a production of iHeartRadio. Hello and happy Friday. I'm Holly Fry. And I'm Tracy V. Wilson. We talked about haunted houses this week, Tracy. Yep, we did. <laughs> uh, I said that we would mention in this episode kind of why this is almost a, uh, or at least began really, as a uniquely U.S. phenomenon. And it, it's something that actually came up on our um our episodes about the Haunted Mansion because we talked about how they expanded that idea into parks around the world and how there are just other cultures where the ghost thing is not cool as an entertainment. It's disrespectful. And so that's part of the reason why, you know, the U.S. has this this kind of obsession with something that maybe hasn't spread globally. I should mention, though, that Universal now does do Halloween Horror Nights in all of its global um, parks. So that is shifting, certainly, it's not as though, you know, other places haven't. It just seems like the U.S. took the idea and ran with it at full tilt. <laughs> well, and when I was looking for artwork to put on our social media for this episode, I like, I did find pictures of mostly the exteriors of haunted houses in other parts of the world, but I did not look deeply enough to see if those were associated with, like, U.S. chains. Right. <laughs> or, like, U.S. Uh, business entities yeah. or... Uh, or not. <laughs> I'm not going to out them, but I will tell you, we have a colleague who recently confided to me that they are afraid of the Haunted Mansion. <laughs> what? Which is so sweet. I, if you are if you just don't like scary things, even if they're kind of cute and pretty benign, you just don't like scary things. It's fine. Yeah. Uh, but it struck me as funny. Also, big shout out to Muppets Haunted Mansion if everybody hasn't watched it yet. It's marvelous. Um, marvelous. Yeah, the last time I was at Disney, I remember a small child at the very beginning of the Haunted Mansion just absolutely losing it. And in a way that was both upsetting and funny because the child was obviously clearly scared, but it also seemed like one of those moments that will be looked back on. Right. Be like, remember that time I got so scared? Remember when you lost your mind in the Haunted Mansion? <laughs> <laughs> So when I was a kid, I grew up outside of Winston-Salem, North Carolina. And there was this place that was called the Nature Science Center that has been through a whole ton of changes since, like name changes and business changes and stuff since then. And it was built on the grounds of an old hospital. And they had a haunted house that I remember being a fundraiser for the Science Museum. I could be wrong about that, though. And I feel like what they told us was that the haunted house was in what had been the psychiatric ward of Well, of course the they told you that. Which, I mean, that's got very problematic and offensive connotations, right? Yeah. Simultaneously, it was terrifying. And I remember being so scared and in there every single year. And yet every single year, I was like, when do we get to go to the haunted house? I tried briefly to confirm whether they were being truthful with that because it definitely was a hospital. The science museum was not in what had been the hospital, but the, the hospital structure was still on the property. And that was where they were having the haunted house. And I remember of like the various haunted, like there would be a, uh, 
the elementary school would have the haunted house as a fundraiser for the PTA and like that kind of stuff. And I remember among all of <laughs> among all of the things, all of the haunted house experiences of my childhood, the one at what was at the time called the Nature Science Center was the scariest one. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like we didn't do a whole bunch growing up. I didn't really get into haunted houses until I was like probably college age. My beloved used to help build the JC's haunted house every year. He has so many like memories mm -hmm. that he loves to recount about working on those. And of course that was post all of the the code updates. So uh, I haven't ever really asked him, like, was somebody there making sure everything was up to code? But usually, I think at that point, most of those that continued were trying to borrow spaces that were already up to code themselves, right? Like, mm -hmm. can we do this in the school's cafeteria for two nights? Or can we do this in, you know, this um, office park or whatever? Like, they have one area that's not being used. I've seen them there as well. Of course, I feel I didn't mention because we really didn't get into the modern ones. There are a lot of. It gets very busy. Like, I didn't mention that Atlanta, of course, is home to one of the biggest and most famed and successful haunted houses in the world, which is Netherworld Haunted House, mm -hmm. um, which I had the delight a few years back of touring it just by myself with our colleague, Julie, um, when she was working on another podcast and we were, I was helping her capture some audio for it. And that was one of the most fun experiences ever because they kind of let us say like, yes, let's do lights out for here and let's do the full thing. Or, hey, can you turn the lights on because we want to see how this works. So that was like nice. the most marvelous, beautiful, interactive haunted house experience you could ever have. I don't think I ever actually went to that haunted house. I just saw their participation in the Dragon Con parade. It's so good. And I mean, the people there, and that's the thing, most of the the haunt community, like I have friends that love it, love it. I have friends that got engaged at like a Universal Horror Nights haunted attraction. They are so passionate about it as an art in and of itself and like, you know, creating these places that are safe but still scary and fun. And there are certainly outliers and some controversy within that entire community about sure who does qualify as a haunt versus something a little more sinister. And But I, you know, ones like Netherworld, I just, I'm blown away by the level and degree of just work that goes into it. Yeah. Because um, it's beautiful and fun. I love it. Yeah. Halloween everything all the time. <laughs> One thing I did want to note is whenever we talk about a fire, it seems like we get lots of listener requests for other fires. And for whatever reason, of all the tragedies we talk about on the show, the fires tend to be uniquely terrible to research and write about. So... We don't do many of them because they're a lot. They are particularly a lot in a way that I don't know I can quite explain why. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it it is. It's hard. There were certainly, there are lots of details about that Haunted Castle fire that I did not feel needed to be in this mm -hmm. that are very upsetting. Um, and I, uh, the other thing is that that is recent enough that those families, you know, are still around. And that people that grew up in that area still talk about how harrowing it was and the impact it had. So I did not want to focus on any of the grislier aspects of it because that's just not important to the the story. Um, but yes, I um, 
I hope that everybody that goes out and enjoys a haunted house this year uh, has a fun and safe time and that you uh, walk out more giddy and giggly than you do troubled from the whole thing. (laughs) (laughs) Or if you're me, you just keep trying to get the haunted mansion to stop when you're in the ballroom so you can look at everything for... There you go. Minutes, which happened the last time I was there, and I was the happiest squealing child on the planet. So, happy haunts to everybody, and we hope that your Halloween season is going delightfully. Tracy, we talked about uh, Roland Doe and possession and exorcism this week. Yes. And I mentioned that this is one that's been rattling around in my brain for a while, and there are a few reasons. One, I cannot tell you how much this case was discussed in my house growing up. Yeah. And part of it is that uh, there's an interesting thing that happens here in in reading about his case more in depth and in some people's speculations, because there's a lot of speculation about it, um, is that his mother very much believed what was going on was some sort of possession, and that his father was kind of like, I don't know. I just want to help my kid. And there is even speculation that his dad was a little bit absent and that mm-hmm. this may have been an incident of him kind of acting out because he didn't have the attention of his parents in the way that he wanted. But it makes me laugh because, can I just tell you, I suspect that if I had behaved in any of these ways, my mom would have been like, you're possessed. And my dad would have been like, what is your problem? <laughs> <laughs> because my dad was very much not a believer in such things. And my mom loved it all. Yeah. Um, and was really into all of that kind of lore and and paranormal stuff. So it made me laugh so hard as I went. And anytime the parents were brought up, I was like, yeah, I know, I know this dynamic. Yeah. <laughs> I uh so I've never read the book The Exorcist. And I did not see the film until I was solidly into adulthood because I was raised in a household that was strict about what we were allowed to watch on TV and movies. Mm-hmm. And, like, I didn't even have, a like, a, a friend that sneaked it into the slumber party or anything like that. Like, there were a couple times where we did have slumber parties and we watched something scary, but, like, never The Exorcist. So I was probably close to 30 by the time I saw it for the first time. And even then there were elements of it that were, like, firmly in my psyche just because of how present they were in mm-hmm. discussion. Like, the the whole idea of the projectile pea soup, I already knew a lot about that from many years of having heard about it before I ever saw that on the screen yeah. on the television. Yeah, it became a punchline in a lot of ways, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. if someone was really angry, people would go, what, are you going to start throwing up pea soup on me? Like, <laughs> <laughs> I rewatched it again a couple times while I was working on this kind of to to really note the differences between it and the story as is recorded. It was more sexual than I remembered. It's probably been it hasn't yes. been that long since I watched it. It's probably only been like 4 years, but my brain wiped some of that and I was like, "Whoa, I don't remember it being this much." And that is how I found out in mentioning that to my husband that he's never seen it. Huh. Um, I don't know how that happened because I watch it with frequency, but I think I must be watching it in the sewing room without him. I will say again, and I tweeted about it, the sound design on that movie is spectacular. Mm -hmm. It's spectacular. Um, And I don't just mean like, oh, it really sounds gross. Like, 
in terms of how it transitions from scene to scene, it's just handled beautifully. They deserve that Oscar, no question about it. I also wanted to mention two other things that came up. And this is a thing that gets bandied about. And I will say, if you go looking for information on this story online, you will find a lot of, um, I don't know if banter is the right word, but there is a lot of, well, I did research and it contradicts this other writer that everybody thinks is the expert. And like, no, I did my research. There's a lot of that involved. It's fine. Um, But one of the things that kept coming up, and I just found it kind of funny and charming to think about, is the moving of the bed. And a lot of people pointing out, but like in the late 1940s, a lot of beds still had wheels. And like Mm, maybe mm -hmm. that was adding to perhaps a precocious kid's ability to make the bed move without it. But then there are all of these accounts that go, no, 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 he wasn't moving at all. He was lying perfectly still. I don't know. Maybe, maybe. Listen, clever children can set up all kinds of mechanisms. I I mean, I'm very skeptical, so... That's my my stance. But um, the other thing that is very funny to me, <laughs> and this is like the 10-year-old boy who lives inside of my soul coming out. Mm-hmm. In the priest diary, there are a couple of mentions of during his possession episodes, flatulence. And I'm like, wait, is gas demonic now? Because <laughs> <laughs> it is we have a problem. <laughs> right, I think we all have a little problem to deal with at that point. It just made me laugh and was a, a funny element in this story. Yeah. <laughs> oh, The Exorcist. Oh, Roland Doe. It's very ripe for people to interpret however they wish because sure. of the lack of documentation. So, yeah, yeah. I am not a believer, but if people love it and want to believe in it, I guess that's fine. <laughs> Yeah, it's one of those things where I am not a believer either. And the the one thing that, like, troubles me about these kinds of stories is how often it seems like, okay, th- this is harming someone. Right. But then you get into fabulous movie depictions that are... <laughs> right, and that's another thing, is that uh, there are definitely some essays you will find where people will talk about, like, if you actually believe that something like demonic possession is possible, that movie does a terrible disservice in making it this sensationalized thing and not a real problem to deal with. Mm -hmm. But also, I mean, we mentioned it. There were definitely priests along the way who were like, hey, I think doing an exorcism on a kid that maybe needs a doctor is going to make stuff a lot worse. Right, right. Um, I mean, there, there was definitely a reluctance within the church. There were a lot of people who were like, I don't, I don't, think we're looking at this the right way. This mm-hmm. isn't the Middle Ages. We need to get this kid, like, real help um, from from trained professionals. Uh, and that, you know, goes on. I couldn't refind it. When I was first doing my prelim research, you know, you and I will both often, like, just search a topic and look for kind of what's out there. There was one account that I read that talked about uh, one of the priests either involved or, like, secondhand involved. He had been a friend of one of them. I don't remember because I could not find it again. Having seen The Exorcist and being very, very angry at how it sensationalized things in a way that Mm -hmm, he thought would mm -hmm. be damaging. Uh, Because his take was like, oh, this could be very instructional for the general public. I don't know why anyone would think a fictional movie would be that, but... And that being an element of its reception. But like I said, I couldn't refine that article, and so I I hate when that happens. 
Oh, it makes me crazy. And I like, I'll be like, I'm looking at my history in my browser and I can't find it in here either. And I hate it. I mean, I don't think you're as bad as me, but that is what happens when I do that thing where I have like 130 tabs open and then mm-hmm. I'm like, well, damn it. Or my computer <laughs> will crash and I'm like, it's uh-huh. gone forever. I don't, I'm never going to find it again. <sighs> I hope nobody feels like they are possessed by anything other than joy this weekend. Yeah. <laughs> and that you have obligations that they go smooth as silk and that if you don't that you get some rest and some fun since this is Halloween weekend everybody be very very careful out there if you're celebrating and if you're not I hope you find peace and that uh, you're not in any way terrorized by people who want candy or to play tricks <laughs> I am gonna have pumpkin waffles because that's what the the Muppets planted the idea of a Halloween brunch where everybody has um, pancakes together and I'm going to have waffles and have a couple friends over. That's Aww. I think uh, I think we're planning to hand out candy to trick-or-treaters. If all goes well, I might just be hanging out on the couch from getting a booster shot. <laughs> we'll see. Woo! Fingers crossed. So happy Halloween, everybody. We hope you have a great time if you're you're celebrating. And uh, we will see you right back here tomorrow with a classic. And then next week on Monday, there will be new shows. Stuff You Missed in History Class is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. 